Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome back to the Places Where We Go podcast, where today we're going to start a two-part series exploring our 49th state, Alaska. Alaska is known as the last frontier of the United States. It's a land of bountiful resources that provides a richness of wildlife and wilderness. The state has a culture that combines First Nation, Asian, and Western influences. It's a place where you'll find breathtaking scenery as you traverse the land. It's a state very worthy of a visit, and it's the focus of today's podcast. There are several ways to arrive at Alaska. From our hometown in Southern California, a drive is about 3,400 miles away from Anchorage, a roughly 60-hour drive, and it may take longer depending on where you live. We know people who have made the journey in the car, and it is certainly an option if you have plenty of time. I wouldn't mind doing that someday. Well, you see lots of other things too, so that would be fun. But time is the critical thing there. Yes, yes. Another way would be to fly. You can fly into several airports in Alaska, Anchorage being one, Fairbanks being another. There could be even smaller ones that I'm not familiar with. Where you fly in will determine the area that you're most interested in exploring. Uh, Alaska is quite big. And I think there's areas of Alaska that, if you have time, I guess, you could drive to. But uh, if you're interested in a particular place in Alaska, think about where you're going to be flying into if that's your choice of travel. Another way is to take a cruise, Mm -hmm. which is what we did. That was a great way to see a little sample of Alaska and... That's going to be one of the main focuses in this particular podcast. Yeah, we're going to take you through the ports that we ventured into. But before we step off the ship into various cities, let's talk a little bit about the cruise experience. So when you choose to cruise Alaska, there's a few choices you have to consider. One of them is if your cruise is going to do a loop, meaning you start at one city like Seattle cruise Alaska, and then when you end up, you end up at the same city from where you started. Or you can take a one-way cruise where you start, for example, in Seattle or Vancouver, and then you end up at some point in Alaska, and you don't return on the cruise ship from where you started. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We started in Vancouver, Washington, and ended our cruise in Whittier, Alaska, And we'll tell you why we chose this option, along with the benefits of this approach, as we continue this two-part series. Another choice you're going to have on the ship is your choice of rooms. There are inside rooms and there are balcony rooms. The inside rooms will cost the least, 
And it's a good option if you plan on spending the majority of your time and waking hours on the ship somewhere else. And the other option is a balcony option that will cost you more money, but it is a very nice splurge when you get to sit out on that balcony and watch the ocean and everything else that goes with that. And that's the beauty of the surroundings there from your bedroom, from your balcony. So that's pretty cool. We splurged on the balcony for our trip and there was something amazing about waking up and throwing open the curtains and just the views were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Time of year is a consideration. So Alaskan cruise season is limited from May through September. The most popular months are July and August. They're the most popular months because temperatures are at their highest and the weather is generally sunnier. However, if you cruise either in May or September, then you're more likely to find more affordable rates for your cruise. Also, the length of time that you want to be on a cruise ship. Cruises to Alaska are generally 7 to 12 nights in length. There are also several excursions off of cruise ships. That is another choice you can make. It is a good idea to look at these excursions before you leave. A lot of times these excursions can be booked up, especially the most popular ones. Cruise ships will typically offer curated choices, and you can select activities during the time that you're at a port at the various destinations that you reach. And you'll probably have three or four stops during the length of your cruise. With port cities options on certain days and full sea days on other days during the cruise, there are what they call land tours and nearly half of the cruising travelers add a curated land tour to their Alaskan cruise. Now, these cruise ships hold thousands and thousands of people. So that will tell you that you need to book ahead of time for a lot of these land cruises because I I remember people walking away and there was chatter, you know, that that they couldn't get on the stuff they wanted to get on. Because they waited to the last minute. They waited, they waited, yeah. Popular options include the Denali National Park, the Yukon Gold Rush, and the Canadian Rockies. Yeah, so those are all extended excursions that would happen after your cruise is done. Mm -hmm. So those are options. Now let's talk about the departure city. So obviously when you go on an Alaskan cruise, the cruise is the main event, but I wouldn't also discount getting your experience started at the first city it is where your airplane's going to arrive to get you to the cruise ship. We would recommend give yourself at least one full day to explore the sites in your departure city. We departed from Vancouver, British Columbia, and even though we had previously visited that city, we added a full day to our itinerary to explore the city some more. We enjoyed some great food. We took in a street festival. We visited the cathedral in Vancouver and explored just new areas of the city that we hadn't seen before. If you happen to leave from Vancouver, some of the more popular attractions there are Stanley Park. There's Granville Island, which we visited on our last time there, and there's the Vancouver Aquarium. If you're leaving from Seattle, Washington, stopping at Pike Place Market is a place where you can sample some amazing seafood, and if you've never been there before, highly recommend that. Other popular attractions in Seattle include the Museum of Flight, 
the Space Needle and the Museum of Pop Culture. And I'd also point out, especially if you're going on on the Alaskan cruise where you're going to be coming head to head with the gold rush culture that spawned some of the cities that you'll be visiting, visit the Klondike Gold Rush National Historic Park in Seattle. It's in the center of the city, and it's a good way to immerse yourself in some of that Mm -hmm. gold rush history that'll help you appreciate what it is that you're going to bump into when you get to Alaska. Yeah, I totally agree. That was a fantastic uh, National Historic area. Yeah. You can also find additional curated excursion options in these cities from your cruise ship. So if you want to just take advantage of that and have something arranged for you, you can do that through most of the cruise lines. The thing is, if you do the curated excursion, you're going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. But it's a way of just making sure that you can arrive, jump straight into an excursion, and you don't have to worry about any of the planning yourself. And then... It's time for your cruise. But first, if you'd like to visit Alaska or any destination, we ask that you take a visit to our website, www.theplaceswherewego.com, where you can start your travel planning on our travel resources page. Whether you're looking for a flight, hotel, rental car, or savings for unique attractions, you can begin booking your next vacation by starting at our travel resources portal. And if you book through the links on our website, it's a free way to support our show without any additional cost to you. And with that, Julie, let's dive into the first city that our ship stopped at. Yes, let's go back to our cruise. Our first city was Ketchikan. And this will likely be your first port as you sail north into the state. And as such, it is also known as Alaska's first city. The town is located on an island and you'll find fishing opportunities in abundance in the self-proclaimed salmon capital of the world. We saw many fishing boats. At the Totem Heritage Center, you can see 33 19th century totem poles, making it the largest collection in the U.S. Ketchikan is located nearby Misty Fjords National Monument. So about excursions, at this time of this episode, Princess Cruise Lines lists 37 excursion options in Ketchikan. Some of these excursions include Great American Lumberjack Show from $40. Now, these prices may change, but this is what we're looking at at this time. Saxman Native Village Dance Performance and Totem Park from $70. Ketchikan Pub Walk, created by a bar historian, about $84. And also, sea kayaking, nature walks, fishing expeditions. You're on an island, so there's plenty of water uh, excursions. But we did something different. Yes, we did. And I'm glad we did it because it was, it was very interesting. It was unique. We, we did our own self-guided tour. So we got off the ship, and the first thing that happened is you get approached immediately by people in costumes, you know, looking maybe as a lumberjack, whatever the costume may be, that are wanting to take a photo with you. That's fine, but be aware that if you do so, they will be asking for money in return of the photo. Sounds very similar to when we were talking about our experience in Rome a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. So you get gladiators in Rome and lumberjacks in Alaska. Yes. Yes. So... As we said, instead of doing the options that we had listed, we had actually downloaded a self-guided walking tour 
And we just took off in Ketchikan on our own, mm-hmm. which was great. I loved it. I thought it was unique. I just remember when we took our cruise, the excursions that were available to us, none of them were really scratching my curiosity mm-hmm. so much. And some, I mean, we just like to explore places on our own often. And so we did that at least in Ketchikan. Yeah. Of course, it was raining. It started yes. to rain in Ketchikan. Yeah, yeah. I think... If I remember right, I think Ketchikan is the second rainiest city in the mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was raining. We did expect that. So it, it was nice. I remember eating those blackberries that were walk. just right on, yeah. the, on the walk. And it, was, it was fun. Yeah. I really had a good yeah. time. So with that, what is our next port? Our second port is Juneau, Alaska. Juneau gets its name from the 1800s gold explorer, Joe Juneau, And from his discoveries came three of the largest gold mines in the world. Eventually, the mines were closed, but the town that Joe Juneau founded became the capital of Alaska. It's a town of only about 30,000 people, but the town has a square mile area of 3,248 square miles, making it one of the largest towns in the entire world. Today, Juneau's famous for its breathtakingly beautiful glaciers, and stunning views of both water and mountains. When we got off the boat, we visited the Patsy Ann statue. Known as the official greeter of Juneau, this dog still welcomes ships and their passengers to Alaska. The statue of Patsy Ann sits where, for over a decade, this dog greeted all passengers that disembarked in Juneau and achieved the honorific of the city's official greeter. Patsy Ann the dog was completely deaf from birth, She became well-known and beloved by all the city's residents, and the dog had an uncanny ability to know when a ship was arriving in Juneau, even before it could be seen. And the ship's crews always had treats ready for her, and disembarking passengers would eagerly look for the famous white dog. Then in 1934, the city's mayor declared her the official greeter of Juneau, Alaska, And in 1992, a statue of Patsy Ann was unveiled, and she continues to greet cruise passengers, just as she did so many years ago, and we stopped for our photo with Patsy Ann. We had a visit with Patsy Ann's statue. Yeah. So after passing Patsy Ann, lots of things you can do in Juneau. So we're referencing again the Princess Cruise Line's website, which, as of this episode, lists 50 different excursion options that are available to you. Some of the more popular ones include dock sledding-related excursions that start from $160 on up. There's various helicopter tours that you can take. Those start at $360 and go up, and so much more, including the choice that we made for an excursion, which was visiting the Mendenhall Glacier. That one starts at $50, and um, it was neat to go out to the glacier. We took a bus ride from where the cruise ship was ported, and it wasn't a very long ride. We arrived at Mendenhall Glacier. It was a coldish, gloomy day in June. And as remember, as we were approaching the glacier, and I don't know why people were doing this, Maybe they didn't want to get their shoes wet, but people were taking off their shoes. They didn't want to get their shoes wet. That's the reason? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They're walking barefoot (laughs) through the area that's just before the glacier. and Okay. The walkway was covered in water. It's not always covered in water. Okay. But there was water when we were there. And it was was a good foot deep. Okay. 
So you took your shoes off and you strolled through the water and you got to the other side and you got as close to the glacier as you can get. Mm-hmm. I'm behind you. I take my shoes off. You weren't going to do it. You, well, because I were... put my toe in the water. And to this day, Julie, that's the coldest thing <laughs> my feet have ever felt. It, no, it wait, was so... wait, 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 wait. The, the, there's a reason, though, that my feet that... weren't as cold as your feet. Yeah, we believe. No, it, it is. Okay, which yeah. is... You take a blood thinner. Well, you take aspirin, which thins your blood out. Yep. And a blood thinner is going to... It accentuates the sensation of the cold. Yeah. So much so that, I mean, it was painfully cold. It hurt. Yeah. I was trying not to laugh. I really was trying not to laugh. But you laughed, and I have it on video. (laughs) (laughs) Before this episode, I had to remind myself of, you laughed at me, (laughs) Julie. In my pain. I've done worse. Don't worry yes. about it. And, you, and you'll do worse. <laughs> Anyways, the Mendenhall Glacier, that's that's a great thing to visit when you're in Juneau, Alaska. But we did some more after that. So that was the one thing that we selected that was offered by the cruise line. But then we selected a second thing that we put together by ourselves. And being fans of beer, Juneau, Alaska is the home of the Alaskan Brewing Company. And I had uh, researched prior to getting to Juneau that we could make our way to a bus. And about five miles away from where we were for about a $2 bus ride, we found ourselves in this industrial area. And we were at Alaskan Brewing Company where we sampled some amazing smoked porter and other beers. Yeah, the beer just kept coming. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you go to these brewing companies and you pay a few bucks and you get a set amount of beers. When we visited this place, it was like it as much as you could drink to have drink at it. it. <laughs> so so we, we sampled a few. There was no charge for the extra. And when we were there, we got offered a tour as well. So mm-hmm. there was a mini tour that we took. Yeah, that was nice. so, so that was neat. So that was the second thing that we did there. And after leaving the brewery, we then went back to downtown where we just did some more exploration on foot, just walked around the town, including some of the areas with well-known historic bars, historic buildings. We also stopped into the Russian Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Cathedral in town, and we didn't leave Juno until your almost obligatory stop in some of our cities at the Pandora Jewelry Store. Yes, but when did that start? Did that start in Alaska? I don't remember you might have started that tradition in alaska yeah yeah and you've been doing it ever since yeah yeah and then we also did spy several bald eagles when we were in juno it was it was amazing i've never i've never seen anything like that yeah we don't have anything like that where we live so Mm -hmm. you know when you're in alaska be it wildlife in the sea wildlife on land you're going to get a chance to see some amazing animals yeah yeah and sea creatures. Mm-hmm. So not every day are you at a port. We had a day at sea where we actually cruised through the Glacier Bay National Park and College Fjord scenic area. We found ourselves, I mean, first it was just this beautiful land on the side of this fjord for as far as you can see, I mean, it was just absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And we were coming up to the glacier uh, in that Glacier Bay area, which is huge and well-known. And I just remember 
being out on the top deck and we were coming in to see these glaciers and the immensity, the size of them, I couldn't believe it. That blue color within the glacier. I mean, it was just so beautiful. It's You, you have to see it. Mm-hmm. You can't just really talk about it. Even a picture of it doesn't really give it the beauty that it deserves. I mean, it is just stunning. Yeah. The other thing that I remember, aside from just the visual beauty of what we saw, the sound yeah. of the glaciers calving. Mm. Well, just moving. That cracking mm-hmm. that you started to hear, and it would just echo through the entire Bay Area. And at first I was like, what, what, what is that? And, you know, that's just the movement of the glacier. It's an amazing sound when you're there. Yeah. And then you're waiting for the calving. You're sitting there. They stop in that area and they give a little time there. So you're looking and you're looking, you're waiting for the glacier to calve and break away into the the bay. And we saw it a couple times. Yeah. I think that's probably one of those things that is probably a little hit and miss for people. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it happens more than others. There might be some days where you don't get a whole lot of that at all. We were lucky to see that happen quite a bit Mm -hmm. during our time in the Bay. Yeah, Yeah. it was was so beautiful. But then we moved to our next port after that excursion in on the water. And we went to Skagway. And now Skagway is known for having been the gateway to the gold fields when thousands of men who had the hope of striking it rich set out for Alaska and the Yukon. Skagway offered a shorter route to the Klondike via the White Pass route and the Chilkoot Trail. Though it was an arduous journey that took the life of many would-be miners, thousands Thousands of people went this route yeah. in the hopes of finding gold. Yeah. And very, very, very few found it. Found something like that. Yeah. yeah. And during this gold rush era, Skagway was Alaska's largest town with hotels, saloons, dance halls, gambling houses. And when the gold yields diminished in the 1900, the population also diminished. Yeah, that's a popular story on the western side of the U.S. There, We have lots of towns in California mm-hmm. that had similar fates. Yeah. And now, today, Skagway has less than 1,000 residents. Though you still get a sense of the Gold Rush era when you visit it today, and I certainly felt that feeling, uh, that old-time western feeling about this town. Mm-hmm. There are several excursions uh, when you're in Skagway, and on Princess Cruises, they list at least 44 different excursions for your stop there. The most popular include the White Pass Scenic Railway from about $140, zip lining from $100, and the Chilkoot Trail Hike and Float Adventure from $150. We chose Best of Skagway. It was the railway ride that ended in a salmon bake, and we went to a saloon. This was our most expensive excursion that we took on this Alaskan trip. I loved the train ride up into the Yukon. The train had an old-time feel to it, and I really enjoyed that a lot. And we departed at the White Pass Depot on the train ride from Skagway into the Yukon Territory, 
The route travels through some of the North's most rugged terrain in the area, built during the Klondike Gold Rush era. In fact, this engineering wonder is in an international historic civil engineering landmark, an honor shared with the Eiffel Tower. That's pretty amazing. Also with the Panama Canal and the Statue of Liberty. Considered an impossible feat, the railway was completed in 26 months by literally blasting through the mountains with 450 tons of explosives. Yeah, what to me made that even more amazing is because we went to the Klondike Museum in Seattle Mm -hmm. where they had photos of the thousands of men Mm -hmm. who were walking through these areas. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. You're in this place that didn't have access to the kind of machinery we have today. I mean, there was very rudimentary tools and resources available so the fact that they were able to do this through this type of terrain just mind-blowing was that a pun yes (laughs) thank you as i said we traveled on these vintage rail cars and we just saw the most breathtaking views you could imagine you kind of felt like a dog in a car that's going from the left window and then going over to the right window and then going back to the left window and you went back again because there was so much to see You didn't know which side to be on. There was changing tree lines and Canada's boreal forest that comprises about one third of the circumpolar boreal forest that rings the northern hemisphere, mostly north of the 50th parallel, went as far as Fraser, British Columbia. And you could actually see the change mm-hmm. as you were getting higher and higher up. Yeah, that was really getting, neat to see. Yeah, just, yeah how, yeah, how very different the tree line became. After the train ride, we stopped at the Liarsville Gold Rush Trail Camp for a wild Alaskan salmon bake and stepped back into time to enjoy entertainment that recalled the era of 1898. There was dance hall girls. And we were given a peek into the art of gold panning. And had um, all-you-can-eat salmon. Yeah, and it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I like all-you-can-eat salmon. I remember the salmon, but I don't remember what was with it. I don't know, it was like cornbread or something. Some, I, I, yeah. it, was, it wasn't like a sit-down gourmet restaurant meal. Oh, no, was, no. Yeah. You don't have that when you're gold mining. No. No. It was more authentic that way. Yes. So the finale of this excursion was a stop at the world-famous Red Onion Saloon. The madams filled our glasses with champagne and gave us a tour of the museum-quality brothel, and you got a free beer on your visit. Yep. A special note for this particular excursion, because it enters Canada, all guests must have a passport or other WHTI-compliant document. So we were told that Skagway was one of the few towns that is still original as it has never burned down. Yeah, we were told that. I was trying to validate that before this episode, and I couldn't find for sure one way or the other. So I'm going to go with the uh, story that we were told. All right, let's go with that. We spent the rest of our day just walking around this very small town, visited a cemetery, which is something we like to do. Yeah, and that was one where there was tombstones that went back quite a ways. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you could imagine, you know, that there was... Unfortunately, that's an area where it's harsh and people didn't make it. Mm -hmm. After Skagway, we'd get back on the boat. And then our final stop, because we had the one-way cruise, would be to Whittier, Alaska. 
And Whittier is located about 65 miles southeast of Anchorage. I remember when we pulled up to Whittier, looking out the window, and I was a little bit surprised because I was expecting to see something a little more substantial than what was there. And it's basically a place with nothing. I think there was some like industrial little area. A few houses, that was it. Yeah, but there's, I don't think there's anything to see or do in Whittier, at least when we went, that was the impression. Well, it's very cut off from Anchorage yeah. too. So yeah. you have, there's only one way out of there. Yeah. And we took it. And there's only, so you thought Skagway was small with a thousand residents. Whittier is even smaller. There's only 290 people that live in Whittier. Mm -hmm. So we would end up going from Whittier to Anchorage by bus. And we passed through the Anton Anderson Memorial Tunnel, which is the longest highway slash rail tunnel at North America. We were in this tunnel for two and a half miles. And um, if you get claustrophobic or have um, any kind of phobias of being contained in something, you're going to be counting down to when is the two and a half miles up and when do I get out from that under the mountain long, and go it? to the other yeah. side. Yeah, it did seem yeah. long. I mean, that was an experience right there. Yeah. And when you get to Anchorage, there are some excursion options there if you want to have some of them at that final city if that's where you end up. But Princess Cruises only has eight available excursions in Anchorage. So you've got more limited choices if you want a curated experience when you're in Anchorage. So that's kind of an overview of what the Alaskan cruise is like, some of the places you'll stop, some of the things that you can do. But we didn't really talk about the cruise itself. So when you think about the cruise, Julie, what sticks out to you is like the most memorable experience or experiences? I think the most memorable would be the food. There was food everywhere. Yeah. There was never a moment. You could get up in the middle of the night and there would still be food somewhere. That was and, great. Yes. And I think that's the most memorable because it was kind of stunning to me. And people were eating all the time. Yeah. There, there was not one place that offered food during you know the time you were on the ship that there wasn't lines of people. But it was like cool because it was part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, I think one of the things that is a memory for me is just being on on the cruise deck and just looking at those views, these spectacular views, because you'd be going for miles and miles and miles in this area that truly is the last frontier because so much of the landscape doesn't have civilization or cities or the footprint of man it's just still this rugged wild wilderness and you know we'd be on the cruise ship there were several times we saw whale coming up that was great to see you know you'd see bear occasionally so just you know being out on deck and looking for wildlife was was neat and being that this was the first cruise that we ever took and me myself having this uh where I get prone to motion sickness. I wasn't sure how I was going to do on the cruise, if that was going to be a negative for me. So I think I was a little bit apprehensive about what my cruise experience was going to be like. And I just remember when we were done with this cruise, which was the first one we ever took, I remember thinking I could, I could live on a cruise ship. <laughs> I loved it so much. And I can't wait to go on our next cruise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the only time that we experienced any kind of movement that we felt was when we were below in the theater. Yeah. And I believe there was a storm. I think and if there was, it was mild though. Yeah. Oh, we felt it though. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. mild it was because yeah. we felt it. Yeah. So I think that's the only time I felt the movement. And even then 
I don't remember feeling sick. I just remember feeling that yeah, movement. Yeah, but it's generally fairly steady. I thought. Yeah, which is yeah. not always the case. Yeah. But we were blessed that you know we had a marvelous time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's entertainment all over the ship. Um, you don't run out of things to do. Some people think that you know, oh, what are you going to do? Eat all day? And what? no, there's there's so many things that they provide for you. Whether you know they have bars, there's dancing. Um, they have entertainment through bands that are playing. They could bring musicians on board. They put shows on in the theater. I mean, there's just a lot of things to do. Yeah, or you can just also spend some time in a recliner and just relax because you're on vacation. Yeah, it depends yeah. on your personality, I yeah. guess. Yeah, huh? a little bit of both. Yeah. So let's talk about the cost of a cruise like this. So at the time of this episode. We're currently seeing cruise prices on Princess Cruise Lines starting at $199 for a four-day sampler cruise in Alaska in an interior room, up to as much as $4,400 per person if you go on an 11-day cruise and splurge for a full suite. So most likely you're going to come somewhere in between there. An example... That's quite a gap. Yeah, it's a big range. Yeah. But an example of the cruise that we took, so we took the seven-day northbound cruise, so not a round trip. We had a balcony, and that cruise today, booked directly through Princess Cruise Line, starts at $850 per person, which is, I think it's a fantastic Mm -hmm. price, because I think about what we paid when we went a few years back, and we paid at least triple that per person. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we paid a lot more. Yeah, why, what are we waiting for? Well, I, I've got a list of a few things that we're waiting for. but oh, okay. But sooner than later, the time is going to be right, right, and we will be back on a cruise ship. But the other thing that I remember struck me, so again, you know, we, we paid, it was over 2000 bucks a person when we went. Mm-hmm. And, when, and you have airline too. But we were getting ready to depart the ship. And we were standing in the line that you have to go through to get off. And we struck up a conversation with this gentleman in front of us. And we were kind of, you know, sharing our experience. And he made this comment about, yeah, you know, I couldn't pass this up. I mean, this was like too good to be true. You know, take a cruise like this and only spend 50 bucks a day and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, 50 bucks a day. (laughs) I, I spent, I mean, substantially more than that. How did you get a deal like that? And he turned me on to this website called vacationstogo.com. And this is a site that I, I think they specialize in cruise vacations. But this is a place where you can go to. And when you get to within 90 days of a cruise leaving, when the cruise line still has rooms available, they start to discount their rates and you can get Whatever the rate was, you can get a discount of 50%, 60%, 70%. So if you're able to have flexibility in your schedule and want probably maybe the best rate you can come across, vacationstogo.com is a neat option if you want to save some money and get a good value on a cruise vacation. A few tips we'd like to offer you is when you're going to Alaska, plan for the weather. Even if you're going in the summer, there can be cold and there can be rain. While Alaska is one of the drier states overall, especially in Ketchikan, you're looking at an average annual rainfall of between 140 and 160 inches per year. 
and we got some of that rain when we were there and we were um we planned our cruise during the summer so it can be cold especially if you're going on a cruise that's going to go through glacier bay national park as we did and you're standing on the deck watching these glaciers it got really cold yeah and people had some blankets that were provided by the cruise lines, but those blankets ran out. So there was people without blankets and we had jackets, so we were okay. But there was some people that were pretty cold up on yeah. deck. I remember yeah. that. Be prepared for cold. So be prepared for that. How about some fun facts? No. You missed a tip. I did. Yes, you did. Recalling our trip to Mendenhall Glacier, I suppose if somebody's on blood thinners, oh, maybe pack some galoshes for your feet. <laughs> No. No? No? Seriously, no? Just go barefoot? Seriously, it's no. Cold. It's, it hurts. Okay. That's a lot to pack. You only have so much packing room. Yeah, that's true. Fair. Okay. <laughs> All right. Galoshes. Okay. Now back to your fun facts. Back to fun facts. Yes. 17 of the 20 highest peaks in the United States are in Alaska, including Denali, which is the highest at 20,306 feet above sea level. Dog mushing is Alaska's state sport. It was once the primary mode of transportation in Alaska. And speaking of dogs, the Iditarod Dog Sled Race is the state's largest sporting event. That's because Alaska doesn't have a hockey team, and they should. Oh, they should. I, I think the NHL yep. needs to bring an, Alaska, bring an anchorage into the NHL, but that's been my little pet wish for a few decades. <laughs> Alaska has the highest male-to-female ratio in the United States. There are 107 men for every 100 women. According to estimates, there is also one bear to every 21 people. Yeah, I guess depending where you go, if you do spend some time on land, this is probably a country where you want that bear spirit with you, yeah? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. In the state capital of Juneau, there are no roads that connect the city to the rest of Alaska or North America. So this is not a place that you're going to be able to drive your car on the highway and just find yourself in Juneau. So that means you can't just get in the car and drive in and out of the city. And as we mentioned before, it's the largest city in the United States. By mass. So we mentioned that about half of cruise travelers do add a land tour at the end of the cruise. We did something a bit similar, but we put our own spin on it. And we're going to give you those details when we get together next time on our next episode, when we return for more adventures in Alaska. We hope you've heard some things that will help you plan your future visit to Alaska. If you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source of podcasts and catch our future episodes. And we would really appreciate if you left us a review. You can also follow our adventures most weeks on our YouTube channel, The Places Where We Go. And with that, we'll be back next time with more adventures in Alaska. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. 
Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.